0: General nerdery.
1: So I was listening to the one of the uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me live shows the other day, and Lin Manuel Miranda did their like opening theme song and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. So look forward to the fact that I've given us very achievable levels of future goals of getting not, Lin on. Of not only are we going to start doing live shows, but we're going to get Lin Manuel Miranda to do the intros. So this is, yeah, uh, it it's possible. I'm, I'm just aiming small here, you know. <laughs>
0: Just the smallest. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could get Lynn next week. Right? Oh, I'm just...
1: He listens all the time after our Hamilton episode. I would be very mad at you if I found out that we'd been getting Lynn <laughs> manuel Miranda and you just decided not to tell me. Uh, welcome to General Nerdery. We're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And I'm Danny. That's Danny. Danny's back. Does Does Danny have a rank? Oh, God. We talked about coming class. up with that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he should at least be a colonel. I mean, he All works right. with you on uh squirms. I did. Right.
0: And I mean, this is <laughs> the official Earworm crossover.
1: Dun dun dun. Uh, that's right. We are talking today, the adventures of Briscoe County Jr., and if you go listen to Fried Squirms on the day that comes out, I Thursdays. Should, that yes, Thursdays. I totally knew that in advance. You can listen to Still the three of us talking about Baba Hotep because
0: we wanted to go all out on Bruce Campbell in the ways that we tend to do it, which is focusing on a, you know, specific bit of work and not <laughs> just talk about the man. Although we do have like a standee of Bruce looking he over is staring today. at
1: me and judging the quality of the show that we're doing. I
0: think he's staring at me, unless this is one of those Mona Lisa things where he's staring at you no matter where you're at. In the I room.
1: think it's the Mona Lisa eyes. It shouldn't be. He's clearly looking to the side, but like the eyes are just so piercing.
2: Oh yeah, he's using his uh, peripheral vision.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, perfect. perfect. <laughs> There's that. I guess. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to talking about Briscoe, but we got things to get to first. First thing, this is the first official crossover, and with that, we have weird. News that I'm not sure how much I can actually, I'm not sure how much I should say because it's not my project, but me and Danny are both involved and it ties in rather well to the fact that we're doing Briscoe County Jr. today. Um, Upcoming, get excited to see two of the three of us in this room in a Western. You guys
1: are doing a Western? I don't know how much I want to give away because it's not my project. (laughs) We have news, but you can't know about it. Well, because, like,
0: I know I know my role. I know what Danny's doing. Oh, me too. Yeah. I know There's still bits of the script uh, that are in the process of being written, but a co-worker of ours has already done one short Western film that turned out, uh, I mean, honestly better than I expected for when, you know, somebody just tells me they're going to go shoot a film over the weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like okay. And especially considering, like, we're used to doing... Just oh, a yeah. friendly reminder which is not that. <laughs> this is serious. <laughs> like and so uh we've both we've both got roles. Mine's uh a bit more major. Danny's is a little bit more of a cameo role. Cameo.
1: Starring Danny. Uh,
0: it was like weird it. watching this this week and being like I'm going to be wearing something similar to some of these characters. I'm <laughs> going to be um Maybe nobody in Briscoe County, Jr., honestly. Uh, might. It's okay, though. Well, nope. I, I can tell you exactly which character I I am, but I'm not going to do it on air. Okay. Because, like I said, I I don't know what he wants out there or not yet, other than I'm going to say that we're going to be in a Western. And it's going to shoot in about a month and a half, and I'll keep you all informed once it gets closer.
1: Exciting. Yeah. I guess usually we do a first, but that's kind of a perfect segue into news. So... Our news-tastic four. (laughs) Where do we want to start with? uh, Read our Mr. Fantastic, a.k.a. our actual science uh, news bit.
0: We can start with the actual science, especially because that just keeps me talking for a second, because you brought the other three news items. Yeah. It's our real science of the week. A lot of people, now that vaccines are rolling out, And some places are still opening up faster than they should be. But things are opening back up again because things are happening uh, to start to quell the Rona. On average, uh, I saw a statistic that uh, the average person gained like 1.9 pounds per month of
1: pandemic. So about 25 pounds. I know that's true because I had just lost a lot of weight before COVID hit. (laughs) And I checked myself and I'm back baby
0: so uh if you're one of those people out there like me that are trying to start to exercise again and get rid of all that covid weight there has uh, a study has come out recently that shows that there'll be a little bit added benefit with a catch uh it has now been shown that exercise improves the quality of your sleep it was kind of debated before uh, other studies that they had done had sort of come up, either showing that you got worse sleep or that there were, at best was no change. Uh, a bunch of researchers were kind of like, well,
1: that doesn't it make seems, sense.
0: It seems like there should be a deeper connection, considering we've been able to prove that resting helps your exercise. Like there should be some sort of connection definitively, even uh-huh. if it's bad, the other way around. So they took a look at all the methods. I guess a lot of ways that you like categorize things in sleep, it's kind of like a checklist. Like if during sleep, this, this, and this happens, then you hit this stage and then you just check it off. If this, this, and this happens, this, then it counts as this and you just check it off. They're like, well, what if we actually measured all of that data past the check mark?
1: Like, what if we saw
0: how, like, instead of, you know, just saying you got to this level of deep sleep, once you get to that check mark, does it keep going deeper? What's actually going on once you're past that level? Turns out exercise seems to make your sleep more effective. Uh, You get to your first few different cycles of sleep quicker, and even though they last a shorter amount of time, they are denser with the things that actually make you rested.
1: You know, that actually kind of makes sense. On, like, days that I laze around and do nothing and then have to go to sleep and then get up the next day, I'm just like, oh, God, I did nothing. Why do I feel so dead? Yeah. Um,
0: Now, here's the catch. It is objectively measurable that exercise makes you sleep more efficiently now. Unfortunately, subjectively, most participants and most people... After getting into a vigorous exercise routine will actually, when asked, at least initially rate their sleep as the same or worse.
1: That's weird to me. You know,
0: I can I can maybe attest to that a little bit in
2: my youth because I played a lot of sports and I I slept like dog shit as a kid and in, in my teens, whereas now no problems.
0: I have Um, restless nights, but it's thought that it's just hard for people to really separate the feelings of still having body tiredness from the fact that you were exerting yourself. Okay, I can see that. With the actual restfulness that you gained from sleep,
1: you're like, "Oh, I didn't sleep so well. I still feel sore." Like, no, it's because you fucking okay. Yeah, never mind. I can see that.
0: Um. So.
1: If you're starting to exercise again, it's
0: helping your brain, even if you don't actually feel good about it.
1: (laughs) Also, if you're starting to exercise, be kind to yourself. Yeah. We We have, on average, gained about 25 pounds as a nation, so, like, be kind to yourself. (laughs) That, too. That, too. But
0: I thought I'd throw that out there, especially because, like I said, I'm hitting the gym again
1: now that I'm all fully vaxxed. I'm not but it's still I get my first shot this week I might sign up for the gym again because I have a like two hour period a couple days a week now where I just have to kill time before I can go home Mm -hmm. and the gym's right there yeah and the gym closed door work has been doing a
0: pretty good job of keeping everything nice and clean alright so that was my little bit
1: of science news All right. who do you want human torch uh, thing or Sue Storm invisible woman let's uh, let's start with the Sue Storm Okay. Marvel and Penguin Random House have announced an exclusive worldwide multi-year deal. D- distribution deal. I am straight up reading Marvel's announcement headline right there. Badly.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm sure most people did miss that news as that's what our Sue Storm usually is. So, <laughs> uh why we've talked about the the Differences in the way that things are being published these days compared to the past, most notably on DC's side. This is
1: another major blow. Even just a year ago, as we talked about, Diamond uh, Distributors held a virtual monopoly on any comic book publishing. They had Marvel, DC, I believe Image, Dark Horse, like the top five or six companies. And then... Last year, when WB started getting more involved in what DC was actually doing and, like, paying attention to that, uh, they pulled out of Diamond, because Diamond was not a very healthy company. Is not a very healthy company. Which completely changed up, like, the -the behind-the-scenes stuff of what the comics world is doing. And Marvel pulling out of Diamond is another step in that. Also, Penguin Random House is a... Like they're a pretty big just book publisher and distributor in general. So them taking like taking over for Marvel is comics being taken more seriously, like as a medium in some ways, I think. I'm I'm I don't know if it's it, good or bad. I'm wondering just, if it's
0: <laughs> it being them being taken more seriously or for physical booksellers having to reach out and Expand what they're doing In the increasing digital world
1: I don't know I heard that booksellers Didn't get hit nearly as hard By digital books As they were expecting Mm. I mean I should go digital With my comics Just with the sheer amount That I own But god I just don't like it that much I know you do Almost exclusive Like digital reading Yeah unless it's Like there's certain series
0: And certain books I still want to own Mm. But if I just Most things I don't want to own, though. Like, that's very specific characters. That's very specific creators. Most of it I'm okay with, just reading it and moving on to the next one. No, you
1: have much more room in your apartment as a result than I do. Yeah. Um, You two have seen my collection Yeah, from like a year ago, so it's worse. (laughs) Noticeably. Yeah, there's not much to talk about here because, honestly, comic book distribution isn't the world's most exciting thing. And it's so early that we don't even really know what it means for comics. But we've talked about how the industry has needed change, and it's changing. And now we just have to figure out if it's changing good or bad. It's hard to see moving away from Diamond as a bad thing.
0: Yes, no, I'm (laughs) I'm
1: optimistic. But I also don't trust companies anymore. Fair. I mean, just in general. I'm not even throwing shade of comics in particular here
0: um cool so that's sue like i said you have three bits of news so
1: let's go yes i'm deciding as we go which one's which let's um, go with the uh the odd one out let's go with our ben ben graham that would probably be the obi-wan cast was announced today okay that's right you sent me that so beyond the obvious we have ewan mcgregor as obi-wan kenobi we should say most of this cast who they're playing has not been announced yet Uh, we finally get confirmation that Hayden Christensen is coming back as Anakin Skywalker. Mm -hmm. And people are really excited about that, which is weird, because I remember him being hated for being Anakin. My issues with his character in those prequels were not his fault. I should get that out there. That's, yes, yeah,
0: because the character is so much better once you clone wars.
1: Yeah, It it was George Lucas's writing more than anything, I feel like.
0: I think the other two that we might be able to guess uh, beyond the fact that it's obvious who Ewan and Hayden are playing is we have uh, Joel Edgerton uh, and Bonnie Pierce, who will probably be uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru like they were
1: before. Yeah, because that's who played them in episode two or who they. Yeah, Um, we have Kumail Nanajani, who. I can't imagine who he's playing, but they do like to bring comics into Star Wars movies. So Yeah, it's weird because he he recently got like real buff. Yeah, he got super jacked for uh, the Marvel movie he's going to be in. Even though he didn't even have to. Oh, he didn't have to? No. (laughs) He just was like, well... I'm going to be in a Marvel movie, might as well. That's pretty much his reasoning. He's like, "What
0: well, I w- no, like I don't care if you're telling me I don't have to get in shape. Like I want the Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> like give me the Chris Pratt. So, uh who else do we have? We have Moses Ingram, uh, everyone else, we have no idea who they're playing. Uh, Moses Ingram was most recently Jolene in The Queen's Gambit on Netflix.
1: I haven't seen it, but I've heard very good things. Likewise, yeah.
0: It's it's really good, and Jolene is one of my favorite parts. So
1: Excellent. We have um, Indira Varna. Wasn't she on Game of Thrones? I, You know what? Let me double-check that, but I
0: think... That's, oh, yeah, 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 because she was, um, uh, what's her name? That's with, uh, that's From with early- Mando.
1: Oh, she was with, um, I literally do a podcast for nerd stuff in, like, every week. How can't I think of Mando's name?
0: <laughs> I was about to say, well, his name's Din Djarin, but.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you, that's very helpful. Uh, this so is a great section. I'm doing Why a can't job. I think nice of person. her name? You, you heard uh, Pascal, oh, Pedro Pascal.
0: Yeah. Right, right. But um,
1: oh, who he played in Game of Thrones?
0: He was the Serpent Adorn. Oh, What's damn. her name?
2: Um, I know exactly who you're talking about now. now that I think yeah, about yeah. That. He's yeah, the Serpent Adorn. Yeah, and damn. it's his partner. Yeah, yeah. I watches, and I can't remember her, her name. name. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. i stopped watching Game of Thrones uh, by that point. Ah, uh,
2: <laughs> damn. I wasn't trying to get involved.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Who else? Alaria Sand. Okay. Who else do we have? We have Rupert Friend. I'm looking on a very tiny screen here. I apologize as I stumble over these names. He looks Uh, like he's going to play an Imperial, but I have literally no basis for... I mean, it
0: would make sense. Uh, uh, Rupert Friend has played... Like, he's a CIA operative in, in Homeland.
1: Yeah, okay, the type. We have Benny Safdie. Benny Safdie is acting? He's just on my list here. It doesn't say what uh, he's... Uh, not
0: that he hasn't acted before, but Benny Safdie is one of the Safdie brothers who is currently a uh, a directing duo that is very highly sought after because they just knocked it out of the park with Uncut Gems. Mm. Oh.
1: Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> I've actually heard of that one. <laughs> um, no, it, they just have him on... I've got a... Meme that Star Wars released with like all of the actors and their names, and he's on it. I guess he could be directing.
0: No, I mean, he's he has acted before, so I'll it be could like definitely cameo. be in it. But
1: Safdie is like, they got Taika to act in it, they mm-hmm. like, we'll get directors, that's fine. Yeah, uh, Simone Kessel, other than her name is perfect for a Star Wars movie
0: for right. So, yeah, Simone Kessel. Technically goes back a ways, like, we've all seen her because she's done, like, bit parts in, like, Xena Warrior Princess and stuff. Oh, so she's been there forever, but not a lot of huge roles. Right, but then more recently, um, I don't know, like, I think she was one of the leads in Terra Nova for, like, the season or two that it lasted on Fox. I vaguely remember that show. Okay,
1: cool. Um,
0: I mean, a couple other things, but it's still... I'm trying to find something that I might actually recognize. Oh,
1: she is in an episode of Reaper. Reaper was great. I like Reaper. Yeah, uh, Soon Kang, who I feel like I've seen in something, but I'm not placing. Bad with actors. I don't know why I keep trying this part.
0: Yeah, Soon Kang is Han in the uh, Fast and Furious franchise.
1: Oh, okay. I like. He was like the only part I liked about the Fast and the Furious when I was at least Tokyo Drift. Apparently, I need to get caught up on those movies because they're supposed to be
0: amazingly crazy Popcorn. and batshit <laughs> past like number four
1: maybe we'll do an episode wow. on it sometime
0: because like because three was Tokyo Drift it was bad, and then four they tried to make it kind of serious again and failed and then from five on they're like well we're just gonna go crazy and it's people what's to stop us we're basically <laughs> superheroes that drive cars hmm. supercars
1: and then last we have O'Shea Jackson Jr.
0: O'Shea Jackson Jr. is Ice Cube's son, and we recently talked about him because he was in um uh Godzilla King of the Monsters. He was He the, was one of
1: the soldiers. Yeah, he
0: was the soldier that we all liked.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> also, didn't he play Ice Cube recently? He played
0: Ice Cube in straight out of Compton. <laughs>
1: God, that's gotta be weird, be like, hey dad, I'm gonna play you. I mean, I'm I know Ice Cube was involved in that, but like <laughs> <laughs> hey son, you're gonna play me.
0: Yeah, don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> No pressure. Yeah, no. I when I saw O'Shea Jack, I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with this.
1: Nice. Last piece of news: the Red Band Suicide Squad trailer dropped, and we watched it all right before we started right recording. Before we recorded this, looks fun. I mean, it looks like James Gunn doing superhero movies or supervillain movies in this case, which is what they advertised the first Suicide Squad as. So, yay. Yeah, I think my first
0: thought on this was it's not as strong of a trailer as the first trailer from the first Suicide Squad, but that's not fair because that that Bohemian Rhapsody trailer is, yeah, yeah, like you just said, stronger than the movie was. Like that is an insanely, insanely well done trailer. Uh, This trailer, although maybe not being as great as that, makes this movie seem like it's going to be overall a lot better. And a yeah, lot more of what Suicide Squad more should supposed be.
1: Supposed to be, like, people should die in Suicide
0: Squad. Right, like, Harley was using Javelin's Javelin most of that trailer, right? Like, Looked Javelin... Like yo,
1: Javelin's gonna die. I mean, Javelin's arm got blown off. He was, like, one of the first people in the comics... Yeah. ...to get messed up by it. We, we literally
0: su- see, like, a second of, um, Fillion as TDK, so he's probably
1: dead real quick. Real fast, Um, the original Suicide Squad comics, because I've read the first like 30 issues or so, it's actually really good, but it is sort of like darkly funny as opposed to just like real super serious storytelling, which is kind of where they went wrong in a lot of adaptations I've seen.
0: Uh, Danny, you're not as familiar with Suicide Squad. What did you think of the trailer?
2: Just from, yeah, just from the trailer itself. It felt like it would be like a, a fun movie experience. Like I expect over the top kind of, you know, theatric, so to speak, probably a lot of dark comedy, shit like that, you know? So I, I felt like that would be a good, like for,
0: uh, movie to see with a group of friends.
1: Mm, I could see that. I'm curious.
0: I'm curious how violent it's actually going to end up being because we, we get did to see, see in the King red. King Shark gnawing
1: a, a skull.
0: <laughs> Not just that, but there's a slow-mo King Shark ripping someone in half.
1: As someone who really loves like every iteration of King Shark, that alone kind of makes the movie worth it, just to go watch Sylvester fucking Stallone play King Shark. Voice King Shark. In.
0: Played by uh Steve G.
1: Nice.
0: Who seems to also be one of their handlers.
1: I'm not sure what this guy looks like, so...
0: Oh, he was the guy with the glasses on the radio. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's who's physically representing King Shark on set.
1: We don't get much of what this movie's gonna be about, but that's okay, we don't need, like... I don't need to know what the villain's plot is. Right, so Thinker doesn't seem to be
0: part of the group. At least not initially. Right, they're either rescuing him or run into him
1: on accident, which would almost be funnier. I uh, think you're being played by Peter Capaldi, who is best known for playing the Doctor on Doctor Who, and is another reason I'm very excited for this. He looks so good in a, like, creepy way. Um, they're invading
0: Cordo Maltese. Okay. And we see motherfucking Starro.
1: Yeah, Starro being the first Justice League villain, and Starro being a giant, purple, psychic starfish. I love that. he's the perfect comic book villain.
0: I hope Rooker doesn't die too quickly.
1: Oh, he's super going to die. Look at the amount of attention that they I mean, just beyond the fact that James Gunn loves Rooker and wants like, please be in everything. And let's give you emotional tracks that fucking savant of all people probably doesn't deserve.
0: Right. I I love his little just that little intro of him bouncing the ball around is that was cool.
1: It was very bullseye, which is kind of what Savant is, although I think Savant's gay in the comics, although I don't remember. Mm. Not super, not important to what I was thinking of there. I just, you know, representation. But he was in Birds of Prey and he was kind of a bullseye-y character, but he looked way more intimidating as bullseye than any of the attempts we've seen at bringing bullseye into, like, actual bullseye into movies before. Right.
0: I have to imagine Mongol? eyes quick because i don't even think i noticed her in the trailer
1: i saw her walking at one point especially because it's weird mongol jr yeah mongal mongal whatever sexist feminization of mongol they come up with and
0: considering that like okay blood sport and who's pete davidson playing blackguard Seem to be almost the same character in the trailer. Pete Davidson's totally dying really quickly.
1: <laughs> well, and nothing against Pete Davidson, but when you have Pete Davidson and you have Idris Elba and you have to kill <laughs> one of them.
0: Sorry, Pete. But I think the thing that stood out to me most from the trailer is I understand why they're giving Peacekeeper his own miniseries.
1: Because they're just letting <laughs> John Cena
0: was astounding, even for those, like if I had to eat every dick on this beach for liberty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Some of the best depictions of Peacekeeper in the comics is when they're treating him as like, I mean, that, that actually was a really accurate representation of it, of he's really intense, but just absolutely insane. Like you, you talk to someone and like three sentences in, you're like, Oh, you're a couple steps to the left. Okay.
0: Yeah. He's, I'm so excited for that. I want, So much more Peacekeeper already.
1: And Weasel. I I never thought that I would (laughs) see Peacekeeper done comics accurate on the big screen. Like, we've mentioned this a few times. Every time I'm like, we have topped, like, what comics are ever going to come to the screen. And they're like, let's have Rocket Raccoon. Oh, that was fun. Let's have motherfucking Peacekeeper. Wait, this is the fun part. Explain to Danny the premise behind Peacekeeper. Peacekeeper is a man who loves peace so much, he'll kill for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's I, I his tagline. That's his fucking tagline. I That's, like that. I like that. I don't, like, he has a gun and was originally kind of like a futuristic Flash Gordon hero, but with a gun, I in, think. Inspiration for a comedian in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they put him in kingdom come, they gave him a kind of Boba Fett look. So that's where I always like associate him, Mm. but man, I know a lot of comic books and all I can tell you about peacekeeper is he was fucking awesome in the, uh, Amy Ray's blue beetle run that originally came out with the character where he was playing like, I used to be a complete nut and now I'm going to be your mentor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm excited for it. Should be fun. It's the first time that I've seen a uh, superhero trailer in a while, and went, "I think I want to go see that in the theaters." I mean, I don't right now because the idea of theater still gives me a cold sweat after a year of COVID. But, but the idea is there. Maybe by the time it's actually <laughs> out, when's it coming out? August, I think. I yeah. shouldn't say that without asking, checking. Yeah, it sometime. They're starting this to drop year. trailers. It's that yeah. soon. <laughs> That's it for the news? That's it for the news. What have we been ingesting, gentlemen?
0: Uh, After watching all of that City Planner play City Skylines on YouTube, I broke down and bought City Skylines, so I've been playing some City Skylines. How's it going? Pretty fun. It's the first time I've played a City Sim since probably SimCity 2000. Um, Yeah, that's
1: accurate. I don't...
0: I always did enjoy the genre. I'm not sure why I stayed away from it for so long. Um, and this morning I had a hard time sleeping because I just kept going over how I might actually like organically build a hexagonal city grid rather than just turn on unlimited money and go to town, greeting it all out first.
1: You could just do what Missoula does and change the shape of the grid <laughs> in the exact like, center of town. Yeah, about that. <laughs> Uh, and then the only
0: other thing is I finally got around to starting Atlanta. And I don't know how I missed this show for so long because it is perfect. It's That's so the good. Donald Glover That's show, Donald yeah. Glover. Okay. Lucky Stanfield. Yeah. yeah. And it is hard to describe, really funny, really
1: real, kind of dark. I remember uh, when the reviews first started coming out and people were like, Troy. Because, I mean, before this, Donald Glover's, like, thing he was best known for was being Troy on Community. Mm-hmm. And then we got Atlanta, and they're like, oh, my God, Donald Glover, you grew up.
0: And I'm only maybe, like, I think I'm just under halfway through the first season. Uh, he's been technically homeless this entire time. He's barely, barely making ends meet, like, had yeah. a $96 paycheck one episode. Mm. While trying to support a daughter. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Like it is weirdly real while being really, really funny. <laughs> it's
2: good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really well written. I was going to say it's kind of a, a decent representation of Atlanta in general, not mm. just, you know, midtown, downtown, all that stuff, like suburbs and what have you.
0: Um, yeah, I'm so excited to watch more of it. What about you, Danny?
2: All right, so I'm going to start off with uh, stand-up. I've been ingesting a lot of stand-up, hence why I wrote that question on the board at work. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, it also kind of ties into the second thing I've been ingesting a lot of is reaction videos. So, uh, yeah, so the reaction videos are kind of a tie-in from stand-up because I like watching people react, to, you know, like first time hearing a particular comedian or a certain mm-hmm. bit. And you know the punchlines already and you're – Kind of expecting the reactions from the people, and that's kind of what I enjoy. So on top of that, too, I've been getting into a lot of hip hop again. Oh, yeah, I've been ingesting a lot of hip hop from the '90s, uh, which ties into my recommendations as well. I don't know if that's too far we'll ahead. Do that at the end, okay, but so that's fine. I'll hold off. But those are the three things: so stand-up, reaction videos, and hip hop. Nice.
1: Let's see. What do I got? I read. Um, I picked up the first mini series of the Ultraman comic from Marvel, which we talked about here, so I figured I'd mention. I think it's good, but I think it's good from a, like, I have absolutely no experience with Ultraman and didn't even know what the storyline was before picking up this. So, like, it was an enjoyable miniseries. Is it a good Ultraman story? I have no clue whatsoever. But, you know, it's got a weird silver man that grows giant and punches kaiju. Like, what's not to love in this? (laughs) Um... (laughs) He's got a fin for some reason. Don't care why. It's cool. (laughs) Uh, The other thing is a recommendation that we had actually had on an earlier episode. One of our guests recommended it to me. It's called the Magnus Archives, which is a horror podcast. And I think it's interesting as I was talking about. I don't I don't watch horror. I don't read horror. I, I have like no experience with horror, except for the fact that I realized today that like half the podcasts I follow Are somehow horror based, either like, quote unquote, true horror stories or just whatever weird, creepy shit someone decides to get out in audio format. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure you guys would find it. You know, you guys do your horror podcast is nothing. But they did this episode. It's like half hour long about a woman that gets trapped underground while she's caving because the caves are like, I hate that changing. It is one of the most uncomfortable things I have ever heard in my life.
0: We talked about that not too long ago on Fried Squirms when we talked about the movie The Descent and fuck that noise so bad. Is, yeah, I'm good. No. no thanks.
1: It is super good, but I'm kind of terrified of Lewis and Clark Caverns now, which I love good. Lewis and Clark Caverns. So. I don't care.
0: Be scared. Yeah, be afraid. The earth hates you.
1: Uh, for those who don't live in Montana, the Lewis and Clark Caverns are a, I think our first state park and are super Creepy, but beautiful underground cavern cave tour. I'm just thinking about that. Nope. Nope. I'm good. I mean, there's other things. There's a guy that goes skydiving and like the ground disappears and he's just falling forever in an endless sky. Okay, that's fun. And like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, it's still super creepy, but it's like just, it's not just disappearing into the bowels of the earth. (laughs) I mean, losing my bowels. It is super good. It is real
0: uncomfortable. Sounds like it, man. Let's let's lighten this back up. Okay. Hmm. And take a break and then talk about some Briscoe County Jr. I am in.
1: And our man, Bruce Campbell. Dun dun, 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 So we decided to do this just at random because we're like, oh, crap. We don't know what next week's episode is uh, uh, Briscoe County Jr. That's on a list of like things I wish more people had known about. And then I mentioned it to Danny, and he goes, I want to be in on that. Cool. Yes, sir. <laughs> and then we had already talked
0: in the past about talking about Bubba Hotep. Yeah, we talked on about bringing half. me on,
1: uh, back to Fred Squirms for Bubba Hotep before General Nerdery existed. So
0: so it all works out. We're well, having a Bruce Campbell day. We apparently had a Bruce Campbell weekend because we all would have had to watch all this shit <laughs> for
1: that. Yeah. Definitely. Or at, at least a Bruce Campbell week. Uh, <laughs> so I guess that's the place to start. What is your what is your history with the man, the chin, the legend?
0: Uh, I mean, I'll start because I guess it was a weird combination. I had seen him before I had thought about who he was.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Because I used to watch Hercules and Xena all the fucking time. I've probably seen every episode of each of those shows. Which it makes me super sad about how shitty Kevin Sorbo's ended up being. Oh yeah, he's but the like worst. I'm so glad that Lucy Lawless is super fucking she cool. so <laughs> awesome, <man. laughs> And so he showed up as the Prince of Thieves all the fucking time.
1: He directed a few of those episodes too, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: And so I knew him initially as the Prince of Thieves, and then I was walking through Walden books in the mall. And I was passing by the biography section en route to the fantasy section. And suddenly I saw his face looking out for at me. Uh, and it was if chins could kill uh, confessions of a B-list yeah.
1: uh, movie or Hollywood star something like that. Which is the best name for an uh, auto bio that I have ever seen. And I was poor.
0: And so I didn't buy it because I, <laughs> I was going to buy a different book. But I was like, oh, so that's his name. That's who he is. I need to be on the lookout more for Bruce Campbell. And then, of course, at some point, I don't remember my first time seeing uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness. I'm pretty sure I saw Army of Darkness first. But at that point, I would have immediately been like, well, that's Bruce Campbell. He's the Prince of Thieves. And I'm going (laughs) to continue watching this because it's him. And it kind of just went from there. I'm like, it's Ash. I mean, even if he was first the Prince of Thieves to me, like, he's Ash. And so I'm just happy to see Ash everywhere, anywhere. everywhere,
1: Nice. What about you, Danny? Man,
0: uh, so I go way
2: back with Bruce Campbell because as a kid growing up in the 80s and having access to cable, I got to watch a lot of stuff I probably shouldn't have been, <laughs> You know, and that includes the Evil Dead franchise, more specifically Evil Dead Part 2, because I was the one that really, like... As a kid, it spooked me, but once I got past, like, the initial fright, because it was dealing with supernatural and demons and stuff like that, you know, and as a kid, that's uh, – to me, that was a little bit more pressing. <laughs> like, I don't know if this shit's real or not. I'm just going to go with the default. <laughs> but
1: I need to know what to do if, the, like, right. I come upon a haunted cabin.
2: Right, but, you know, the the more you watch stuff like that and you realize, oh, it's just a movie, you know. Um, but I will say this, like, that put me – on the radar for who Bruce Campbell was, I didn't. I still didn't know who, who he was at like Bruce Campbell. I just know he was Ash, mm-hmm. right. And then I was really, really, really anticipating when Army of Darkness came out to the point of like fanaticism. <laughs> like I could not <laughs> wait for that fucking movie to drop, man. <laughs> and when it finally did, I remember too because I like I begged my grandma to rent it over the weekend, and we went to like a pick a flick, and it was different. I was expecting more Evil Dead 2, more so than like slapstick. Right. But I still liked it. And that right there, like from then on, I knew who Bruce Campbell was from then on. And that was like 92. And I was aware of what you were mentioning with Briscoe, even though I didn't watch it at the time. And then, yeah, Xena and Hercules and all
0: that stuff, you know. Yeah, because I don't think I saw any Briscoe until like late high school.
1: I didn't see Briscoe until the DVDs Mm -hmm. like came out. So, yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: and at the time, like, I I wasn't into Western, because I always associated with them, like, old Westerns, black and whites, and at that time, being a kid, I was like, oh, that's boring, (laughs) but, uh, man, that was stupid thinking back then, (laughs) that was super naive.
1: Let's be honest, like, there's some really great Westerns, but there's also some really boring fucking Westerns out there,
2: Mm. like... But, you know, I I just think, as a kid, you have your what you like, or what you deem as something that is boring, and... Yeah, so it's just exposure.
1: That's what it is. I think Army of Darkness was my first experience with him. Um, My buddy Jason had been trying to get me to watch Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 forever. And to this day, he struggles with the fact that I don't like horror. He's (laughs) like, no, come on, it's great. We should watch this. I'm like, but I don't. But no, no. (laughs) But he got me to watch Army of Darkness first. I think he was like starting to catch on. And this was his like, I'll sneak him in. And I loved Army of Darkness, and I did not like Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2 at all at first. I've picked up some appreciation for them over the years of like, okay, these are pretty well done movies.
0: but It's off of Bruce for a second, but in the same vein of these movies, where are you on, like, Dead Alive?
1: I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, yeah. The only non-Lord uh, of the Rings Peter Jackson I've seen is King Kong and Meet the Feebles. Oh.
0: oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> well, that's, Which that's was been an a experience. Yeah, Meet um, the Feebles is something
1: else. <laughs> Same so. guy who I was just talking about mm. here was like, You like the Muppets? We're gonna watch Meet the Feebles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, best friend of the world. Love him to death. He's an asshole. Um... But we watched Evil Dead, and then it, uh, watching Bruce Campbell's movies when we found them became our thing. And that was right around, the, it would have been the early 2000s. So it would have been the period that Bruce Campbell was going through his sci-fi original movie phase. Mm. So, you know, Baba Hotep wasn't that, but we discovered it around the same time. My name is Bruce, uh, Alien Invasion, which is a remarkably bad film.
0: You, me,
1: guan D. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, I'd love i love my name is Bruce. <laughs> my name Bruce Bruce is amazing. A uh, man with a screaming brain. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Uh which I even got the comic adaptation of that. I picked nice. up at one point um Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way, nice. which was his fake autobiography where he like yeah. punches out Colin Powell and saves <laughs> America.
0: Hell yeah. I mean we've mentioned it a couple times, but we also like my love of Ash extends to the fact that we have Ash in the room with us.
1: Oddly, I have never seen past, like, the second or third episode of that. I started it, and I got onto a... It was an episode where he's trying to prove that the parents are secretly deadites. Oh, yeah, okay. And they're like, stop being weird and awkward. And those episodes stress me out. Like, that. just that story type. I like it. Uh, So I was like, God, I'm not feeling this right now. And I just never went back, and I keep being like, but... It's Bruce. And also Lucy in the second yes. season, if I remember. Yes, so, dude.
0: Being awesome. Yeah, God. she and has just a in general. killer role yeah. in the series. I like it. I still haven't finished
2: the last season. I didn't either. I got like halfway through the <laughs> third season. I'm bad with shows like that, man. So, But I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's fucking Bruce. It's Ash. Don't oh, I watched Ash. a lot of Burn Notice back in the day, too. Nice. Mostly oh, yeah.
1: because Bruce... Gamble.
2: That was one I never really got into because at the time I was, really wasn't watching a lot of USA television. Well, mm.
1: and that's because it's not a great show, either. Yeah, like I, I like I had fun watching it, but I'm not going to pretend that Burn Notice was like a, you know, page turner, as it were. I
0: had some roommates get really into it at one point, so I've seen a great deal of it, but it was more like I'd get home from work and they would already be you know, two episodes, three episodes past where I'd seen them before, but I'd still sit down with them for another two or three episodes.
1: Yeah. Uh, It was one of my depression watches at one point. So, like, depression binges. So, yeah, pretty much, if Bruce Campbell's in something, even if it's not going to be a kind of movie I like, I'll be like, yeah, okay.
0: All right, so now, more specifically, Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Uh, We didn't watch the full season.
1: No, that's too many episodes for us. We (laughs) sort of
0: went about this, like... When when press are given episodes of a TV show to preview to then write articles to like sell the public on, it's usually like three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. So we watched three episodes, and we're going to try to tell you to watch Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. We're probably not as good as some of the people that do this professionally.
1: Also, we're trying a little late. You know, like, almost 20 years late to get more people Jeez, to watch this. But
0: almost 30 years late at this point. Almost
1: 30, you're right, God.
0: Honestly, watching it, one of the things I felt, though, was like, this show...
1: Holds up. Not yep. just holds up, would probably go
0: over better now. Oh, I 100%. Agree. Yep. Probably go over better
1: now. They would have required it to be a little more gritty Western, while this one was very much like a love letter to, like, old 60s Westerns, it felt like to me. They might
0: not have been able to, considering how weirdly meta it was. And meta is also still in. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily have to gritty up meta.
1: That's true. Um, Yeah, it would have been a little more self-aware, but it was already pretty self-aware of what it was doing. And that's the thing. That wasn't... I mean, I remember shows in that time
0: period. Like, I can watch this now, and I understand why it got a season. (laughs) I don't know. I don't understand how it got a full season of hour-long minus time for commercial episodes. I
2: know. It's pretty awesome.
0: That seems insane to me looking back on it. Um, not not in the sense that I don't like it. Just... No, but it was just too weird
1: to live in 1993.
2: You know, I'll, I can say this, though. Think about some of the other shows around that time. You had, like, Twin Peaks was around the same time period, Northern Exposure and shows like that. So there was a little bit of weird already there in was the mainstream. Weird.
1: Yeah. Well, and Star Trek was at the height of its popularity yeah. at that time. So they were getting away with some strange things. Um, I think part of it was just the amount of pull. Because, like, the people who wrote this had just done Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm. Like, were hired to make a show after Last Crusade was Penitent popular. Penitent man years before God. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Where did you come from? The grave, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot he died. Okay, that was weird. <laughs> um, but in a similar way of, you know, Indiana Jones or even Star Wars, they're like, hey, let's make something that kind of feels like the serials we grew up watching. And I guess let's give it time travel. Well, here's the interesting thing. And I almost...
0: After me and Danny got done recording last week and we were talking about the fact that this was going to be coming up, mm-hmm. we started looking up shit already on it. Oh, man. Immediately. And I almost felt bad for you for a second because this is this is like our wet dream.
1: Oh, the yeah. Re- no, this is this is your guys' time to shine here. <laughs>
0: the reason uh, our show, Fried Squirms, is set up the way it is is because we love character actors. Oh, yeah, a lot. And love seeing when they pop in to these different places and just sort of the weird web of uh film and tv that you can weave Mm -hmm. through these journeyman actors not necessarily like big stars absolutely and just the first episode of this fucking show dude it's kind of mind-boggling we've been we've been talking about bruce all this time i know you love the character julius Carey. oh man he's so good when you learn that that was show enough that's and the last name. dragon. I'm like, what? See, I've what? never seen
1: the last dragon. <laughs> right. so. so Lord
0: Bowler. Right. This is what I was getting at right before when I because you came in and I was watching the last episode,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we started talking about it for a second, and I'm like, it's hilarious watching him because it's shown up. Dude, so and good. I was going to ask you, I'm like, did you ever watch Barry Gordy's Last Dragon? I have. I don't even know oh what that is, man. So the Shogun of Harlem himself. <laughs> yeah. For okay. Real.
1: Yeah, I can see where that comes from. Before we dive in, let's talk a little bit about. Do we want to talk about Lord Bowler here, or do we want to like talk about actors and then dive into the? I mean, however, like however you want to make this flow. I'm gonna try to make
0: sure I have the episodes in front of me. Actually,
1: let's go through the actors first, and then we'll.
2: I've got I've got a few people written down that I I found like really interesting. Um, Like the the person who plays uh, Professor Albert Wickwire. John Aston. Dude. <laughs> Gomez Adams. <laughs> Fucking Gomez what? himself. Isn't John that Sean Aston's dad?
0: Yes. Oh. I, I know,
2: believe so.
0: I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna double check that just to make sure I'm not talking completely out my ass, but I don't think there's that many Astons in Hollywood. No,
1: I I can't imagine it's not a super common name. I was reading about this and they were like they wanted to hang out with John Aston, and the way they figured out how to do it was to hire him onto their show. That's so awesome, man. All right. Uh
0: Billy Drago. Oh, uh, so John Aston is his adoptive father. Right, right, right. Oh, okay. I did know that. I, I didn't know, know that. that. Yeah, his yeah. his biological father was named Michael Tell.
2: Okay, yeah. I'm trying to think. what his, who is
0: mo- his mom's pretty
2: famous? Uh, Patty too. Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, and she, yeah, through the marriage, he adopted.
0: Yeah, and Helen Keller herself. It's crazy, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah.
2: All right. So another person, like I said, Billy Drago is John Bly. We've talked about Billy Drago in a whole different manner on our show.
0: <laughs> he's a uh, wow. big time horror
2: character actor. Yes, he is. You,
1: I can see it from everything about his movement. Uh, he is kind of
2: the, I, to me, I want to say quintessential. That might be a little too, you know, like praiseworthy, but he does such a good job as a villain that you could stick him just about in any movie as a villain and it would be halfway decent just because of him.
0: Oh, God. Okay. What would the last thing we brought him up for on our show be? Ah, man.
2: I am I don't know if it was anything past imprint, but. I thought for sure we had one past imprint, but maybe not. I mean, possibly knowing his credits because he has an extensive filmography.
1: In this, he was kind of, what if David Bowie was a cowboy? mm that's a good take. Like the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, uh, big really shirt good take and and on hair. No, no, the, you're absolutely right. And I mean this in no way as an insult. He is no, he, such a good, like, weird villain in this. He's almost, which I think is perfect because
2: of this show's kind of background anyway. He's like a comic book villain.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Very stylized. Like, he's not in your face, you know, like. You could put him in an issue of Jonah Hex and have it work perfectly. Like, change nothing about him.
0: I know what we li- we talked about him on Hills Have Eyes remake.
1: Oh, yep, because right. he's
0: Papa Jupiter. You're right. So,
3: scratch
1: that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but still, but still, once again, villain. Mm-hmm. Really good villain. Papa yeah, Jupiter's good. Dude. He has and the he, eyes for it. Arlie Ermy, dude.
1: Yes, Ar- Arlie Ermy as Brisco County. Another one that was in. Okay, what was he? Because I kept being like, I know him. Uh, one of the gunny.
2: Yeah, I say one of the movies I should not have been watching as a kid was Full Metal Jacket. And I literally would watch from the time that, um, what's his face, uh, D'Onofrio's character goes to boot camp until, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when I would cut it off because it's like, ooh, now it's getting real. I just liked hearing the cussing <clears throat> from Arlie
0: Ermy Like that yeah. was
2: the best shit for
0: me as a kid, hearing that. Um, he also would have been, oh God, uh, the coach in Saving Silverman. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Be oh, so he plays good. the
1: Jander's dead on Scrubs on one point. Like I, that's the weirdest cut for me to suddenly be like, I know who we're talking about. Um, we ate her. You ate her. Yeah, yeah, perfect he, crime.
2: You know he did all those mil- those military shows too. Yeah, yeah Mail started, Call
0: on yeah. History Channel yeah. was real fun. Um, about Full Metal Jacket, though, maybe the only actor that Kubrick never made
1: do a yeah, that retake? is wild. That's wild. Well, he got the job because he was just actually a drill sergeant, so he just did douchey drill sergeant stuff. Yeah, boy, Um, did he! (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But turned out to be a good actor. No, solid, solid actor. I know he's done like have
1: recognized him in this as
2: he's done some stuff that's like still serious but comedic as well. So Uh he has chops, or he had chops, I should say.
1: I mean, uh, he would have done a decent, like, if they had just done a Western movie of the original Briscoe County, like, Chasing Down the Black Gang, that yeah. would have been a solid Western on its oh, own without right. without a doubt. Yeah.
0: MC Ganey, uh, who I best think of as Swamp Thing and Con Air.
1: Swamp Thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons I said that this show was so meta is because it was a Western that was kind of trying to do what they were doing with Westerns at the end of the old Hollywood era,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is kind of also the downfall era of Westerns in, ge- in general. Um, it used to be you'd have the earlier Western stars, and they'd go do their thing, and then they'd wash out for a bit. Some would go then uh, act overseas, especially in a lot of Italian productions. The spaghetti uh, Westerns. Not only spaghetti westerns, some of them would find their way into like uh, low-budget giallos and stuff. Makes sense, yeah. Um, And then if they resurged in their American career at all, it wasn't a true resurgence. What they would usually do is take all of these old heroes and cast them as villains against the people that they wanted to be up-and-comers.
1: Interesting.
0: Almost the entire boardroom of tycoons are all played by old western heroes
1: oh that's that's wild isn't awesome actually that's really cool (laughs) Um, so that way they're like it's totally not the guy from the other movie but it totally is and this new one can take him out
0: yeah um stewart whitman who was the asshole the the one that he actually fights at the end like he was in uh the comanchero's a few other things. He actually has a really interesting career. He was in, like, Superboy back in the day, too. And wow.
1: <laughs> I thought I'd seen him in stuff before. I always forget that Superboy was a TV show that was a thing.
2: Oh, yeah, the Virginians in this? Yeah. James Drury?
1: That's yeah. crazy.
0: Rayford Barnes was in The Wild Bunch. Like, all of these guys... He was uh Young Jesse James in... Oh Yeah, he was Pitts in Young Jesse James... Like, all of these guys have legit, like, Western credits. Yeah, like,
1: big names. Interesting.
2: Which is fitting. Like, you said it's meta in that sense.
0: I'm also always just happy seeing Kelly Rutherford.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, no, she's
1: she's very pleasant on the eyes. Uh, Dixie Cousins. Oh, yes. We will be discussing her when we get to the episodes a little bit. At least that first one. Uh, and then who is it that plays um, Socrates? Socrates Pool. Uh, he's one of the main actors. Oh, Christian Clemenson. I knew him as the serial killer from the first season of Veronica Mars. That's wild. Oh, wow. He plays a very good serial killer, by the way. I was trying to figure out he was
0: one of the ones that didn't immediately jump out at me. Now I'm got. Now I got to take a look to see what I mean. He's been in some
2: well-known things, but same like I didn't really jump out to me when I'd seen him at first then I looked through his credits and was like, oh, I probably have seen him, I just don't recognize him. Oh, he does him. have a career, yeah. Yeah, he's
1: got a <laughs> pretty extensive career. No, the only person from this cast that doesn't seem to have found some kind of career... Oh, yeah, okay, so I would have seen him in Almost Heroes. Oh, yeah. Uh, the only one that didn't seem to have much of a career is uh, the inventor's daughter, who was only in the first episode, who was also on, like, Saved by the Bell, the college yeah. years, Did and you... then retired. Yeah, and Tremco. <laughs>
2: Did you read about what happened with her character on the show. Like she was supposed to be the love interest of Briscoe County junior.
1: That that was clearly what they were setting up for in that first episode.
2: But because of what we already mentioned, Dixie cousins, like there was more chemistry there. So she was written in for the entire, Oh, well, I don't know. Like she wasn't in every episode, she's in
1: like seven, I think. Right, right, right. right. Mm -hmm. She fucking slays it in this show. She's, (laughs) she's fantastic. And now that you say it, Truly,
0: better chemistry with without with Bruce. out.
1: she was so horny for him every Ooh. moment, but not in a way that like shamed her for being horny for him. No, 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 which no. I it was really like, appreciated. Yeah,
0: like, yeah, it's like
1: very nice.
0: <laughs> so, the kind of weird elephant in the room is that this is barely a western. This is a pretty good sci-fi show. No, it really is. This is. is. This is a sci-fi show with Western trappings. When people first
1: tried to explain it to me, they were like, oh, this is, you know, it's kind of like Firefly before Firefly. And that's accurate and not at the same time. Right. Um,
0: It's like the inverse of Firefly.
1: Yes, where Firefly is primarily a sci-fi show that they put some, like, Western flavor over. This is a Western show... This is the exact opposite of what you just said, so I'm sorry. But uh, this is a Western show that then adds in sci-fi elements. Like, first and foremost, this is, you know, 1893, the Old West. But also, let's have weird magic power orbs and rocket cars.
0: Yeah, and um, even even a, getting into the types of stories that I usually associate more with sci-fi uh-huh. than Westerns... Um, the third, the third episode, uh, I was commenting when you came in, like, it's very much like the land on, like, you land on, like, a monocultural planet.
1: Star Trek did it, like, every yeah. other episode. That's like.
0: kind of a utopia, but there's <laughs> something... Either there's something already off there, or you accidentally bring something in that's off, and you have to see how it all plays out.
1: It helps that Tasha fucking Yar of the Starship Enterprise is on that episode. <laughs> yeah. Right. Crazy. Actually, we watched three episodes, and 66% of them had uh, major Star Trek actors involved. Which is and I
2: wild I, thinking about that. And
1: I know multiple other characters. I was like, oh, I know they were on Star Trek, I'm just not sure where.
2: Another guy who played Deputy Poole, yep. in the second Robert episode. Picardo yeah, Robert Picardo
1: played. This would have been a year or two before. And it's weird to see him in this as like a kind of scuzzy, dirty deputy because he is always, always the like stuffy prim. That's a good point. Guy in everything else that I watch him in.
0: That's how I liken him to it. Yeah. So of these first three episodes, I think one of my first takeaways that I want to throw out there critically from me is you only have to watch either the first or the second episode. You don't necessarily have to watch them both. I feel like the second episode was made because they realized that not everyone's going to watch a double-length episode to start a series. Oh,
2: that's a good point. Because it wasn't it supposed to be two hours?
1: Well, the first like. episode was... Two, oh well I guess with
0: commercials and stuff, that would make
1: sense. Was Back two hours. Then. And then the second episode yeah. being the one with the uh The Orb the, Scholar. The, the yeah, the Orb Scholar and the Dirty Sheriff and all that stuff. I don't know, I really like I feel like the second episode the
0: first half of it was just reintroducing the series for anyone who missed the first episode.
1: But the second half had some really nice moments, like Lord Bowler singing to him while he's dying. That's true.
0: That's true. Is
1: probably my favorite scene of all of these three episodes. Um, And, you know, I actually want to talk about Bowler here because two things. One, I have this list of, like, if I ever had my way, this is a character that I want to put in Mm -hmm. something someday. And Lord Bowler is just on that. I like him a lot. Uh, Yeah. because that guy just owned that role. And, I mean, like, everything down to, like, what he's wearing yeah, is actually pitch perfect and, point two, accurate. Because uh, cowboys of color outnumbered white dude cowboys by wow. a significant amount – And a bowler hat was much more common than what we think of as, like, a cowboy hat these days. I was
0: going to say, one of the things that impressed me from the series was how accurate they were with the hats.
1: Mm -hmm. That's awesome.
0: Most of the hats were a lot more period accurate than you get from a lot of standard Westerns.
1: Well, because, I mean, usually the hats look like Briscoe had. And, I mean, Briscoe is very much the archetypal movie Western character. Mm -hmm. But the world he's in is pretty good for, like, what the Western would have been like.
2: I know they shot most, if not primarily all of this, on lots. So I I would imagine they had access to a lot of wardrobe.
1: Yeah. It was either the last or one of the last uh, shows ever shot on the Western backlot that Warner Brothers used for forever.
2: There you go. Exactly. So they had access to some really cool stuff. And it
0: looked, the part too, Mm Like it looked really good. We haven't talked about what this story actually is at all. <laughs> I know. We, uh, nope, we just, we just got excited. So, uh,
1: let's go,
0: Briscoe <laughs> County Jr. is a bounty hunter. His father was a famous marshal. His father had gathered together this super badass gang. The John fa- Bly gang. John Bly gang. and But then ends up getting murked when they get their way out. Yep. He gets sprung, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so Briscoe's... After the 13 of them. And other shit's going on, because... While digging the railroad, a mysterious orb was unearthed. A
1: unearthed... Unearthed foreign object. Yeah, it's a, a UFO. UFO. I love that. <laughs> that. That's another one of those meta bits you're talking about. And so...
0: Like, it's giving people superpowers at times, and...
1: It's it's ninety sci fi MacGuffin, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's like it's mm-hmm.
2: playing on you know the good and evil and what have Ooh. you,
1: yeah. The power of the orb,
2: and of course it had to be Chinese people finding it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh,
1: you know, it's interesting. Of like on one level, I'm like, this is really problematic depiction, particularly the order of the <laughs> burned foot or whatever it was. Yeah, like, the scar oh, foot. Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> James Hong. So boss, so bossing him in this. Holy cow, it was awesome seeing James
1: Hong in this anyway. But uh, as much as I like James Hong, like some of this was really problematic, but also being like, the railroads were made by Chinese workers that we treated like shit. So like actually calling that out in the 90s was pretty good. So it's a toss up here. And kind of calling it out
0: even more by being like, and they've got freedom. Coolies, is the, they got their freedom.
2: Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I had to look into that. I don't know if you guys checked that out or not. Because there was times where some of those barons were calling. You know, they were like the coolies found, and I'm like, what? What does that even mean, coolie? So I, I did look it up, and it was a term they used for like indentured servants, slaves, Chinese slaves. But um, the the etymology goes back to Hindu and or Turkish, and it's like with a. A K for Hindu is like Kuli mm. and a Q, cool, in Turkish, but it both means the same thing that slave. So I was like, well, they were pretty accurate, at least in the terminology. But I was like, that's interesting.
0: Mm. Yeah. So that—that that is the weird twist, though. There's an orb that... Is doing other things beyond him just having to go out and get revenge.
2: Oh, very supernatural bent. Um but it lends to like the sci fi element. It is that the show worst presents. prop
0: on the entire show. Oh, it show. really is. It's like <laughs> so
2: silly, man.
0: It's it's like a. it's like they spray painted gold uh an undersea <laughs> mine from the incredible Mr. Limpet. That's funny.
1: Okay. See, I thought Shit. it looked like a sex toy of some kind, but like I wasn't sure what it was supposed to do.
0: You're both not uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Like this looks dirty, but I'm not sure why. It's yeah, a very holder phallic. for all the
0: golden dildos that they're pulling it, out the that all the time. The glow blue lighting
1: you. So great, great choice. Good. Uh, that'll be fun.
0: Well, look, show enough grabs one and it turns red for his glow.
2: <laughs> that would be. He's, yeah. He's yeah, the movie. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, I know the <laughs> reference. I know the reference. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, uh he's got the glow too that's funny so briscoe the adventures of briscoe county jr is evidence number one that bruce campbell should have been a leading man star throughout all of the 90s at least
1: from everything i can tell part of it is he just i don't think he
0: wanted to very much i think he wanted it a little bit but not he's like he'd always get to the edge
1: and be like Eh. Well, because he talks about in one of his things that his fans very clearly they were like, he's like, I've done this mainstream movie. And they're like, that's great. He's like, I've done this really weird fucking movie. And they're like, we're in. So and it's the stuff that he talked about enjoying more, too. So he's like, well, I'm not making like crazy good money, but he's he's worth several million dollars. He is comfortably wealthy and he gets to do whatever weird shit he like. Honestly, when it comes to Hollywood, he's kind of got like. The goal. Plus, he gets to show up anytime
0: Sam Raimi makes a movie. Right? I know.
1: Awesome. <laughs> and just pay his bills. What he did. <laughs> He's gonna yeah. be in Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah. Who knows this? I still oh my god, it'd be so great if he was an alternate universe, Doctor Strange. That would be funny. Old Man Strange would be hilarious. I mean, look at him. He could pull it off. Just grow the beard, yeah. Just grow the beard. Just grow the beard. I'm looking at like he'll respond. Grow the beer,
1: Bruce. <laughs> Belief
2: in you. I, maybe to give you guys a little insight of how I, I viewed the show initially, I think I told you both this, this week, was after getting into it, like the first episode and watching the majority of it, I came away with two kind of conclusions or, or two takeaways from it. Mm-hmm. And one was like super excited, like, man, this is so good. I'm enjoying watching this. This is like exactly – what i like like exactly kind of what i want in a show and then the two was uh i was pissed off <laughs> <laughs> for the fact that i wasn't watching this a long time ago i'm like what the fuck <laughs> man The show is so good but once again i think it's just one of those those things like it flew under the radar it had a certain following and those those fans um are the ones that kind of kept it alive too you know because here we are talking about it almost 30 years later.
1: Well, it especially before the age of the internet, this would have been such a hard show to sell. I know. And, mm. I, and I didn't know about the sci-fi elements at first, like when I first Neither heard I. about this. So a lot of the, like, fan base for Bruce Campbell, probably, like, who we are today, probably would have given it a pass at the time. And a lot of Western people would have been watching this, being like, what is happening right now? Well, and they even,
0: they thankfully even turned it into a joke in the show but let's all be rule be real the name briscoe county is a really weird name yeah
1: i'm not even sure why they went with that but like i mean it's a solid name
0: they bring it up in the show like somebody realized it before they started filming they're like (laughs) dude like every time we say this dude's name it sounds like we're saying a place Mm
2: mm-hmm Let's go. And maybe that's just like a weird coincidence that that happened to be the case, you know. But I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> After looking at the like the title sequence and stuff, it's like yeah,
1: especially putting it over a map too. Yeah, like
2: like they were playing with maybe double entendres and stuff.
1: Well, there's, I mean, I feel like someone thought the joke of the place, no, the person, and then like it just stuck. Just a gag. Uh,
0: yeah, they are amazing with double entendres, as you find out. Oh in my episode god. Three. Are they after Pun after punt after pun, Aston, every, every horned uh, <laughs> up, every bit <laughs> of conversation between Bruce and John in that episode is oh, double on top
2: like all right, as a kid, a lot of that stuff would have flown right over my head. But being an adult now, I'm like, Man, there was times where I was like, I gotta I gotta put this on pause because I can't believe they're actually putting this in here. This is fucking <laughs> hilarious. This is crazy right now. A lot of that stuff really blew my mind. Hey,
0: good, good for Gomez, man. I know. Good for he—he's a lover.
1: It's he's just a how lover. It goes. with um, a
0: former Miss Universe. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah.
1: We—we we, I mentioned this to you when we were watching right before of uh, a thing that I kind of discovered through Cara Dune and Star Wars. Honestly, is I—I uh, I love a, I really love like a woman's really like muscled set of arms. I'm like those are. Those are, and that woman has some very nice arms. The, I think it was the Miss America one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She Both of them, honestly, in the third episode, kept themselves up well.
0: Yeah, uh, Corinna Everson and well, like the Shabuenka sisters, or something. Yeah, like and Cameo Newer. Uh, Corinna Everson is the one that's actually been in a number of things. Like, you've seen her in things and other things. Yeah, and just she does have that like, sense of, yeah. A weird one that I actually can remember is that there's an episode of Charmed where Paige wow. hulks out and she's Hulk Paige. Really? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: That's okay. funny. That is really
2: funny.
1: God, 90s TV was such a wild
2: time. I know. That was a really kind of magical time for a lot of this stuff because they they so...
1: started to have the funding to do things, but like we're still but not only being kind of. <laughs> But and and no one was paying enough attention to them because they weren't bringing in you know millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, like they are today. So they were, just could do whatever weird shit came to their mind. Still, I wonder if maybe the the show
0: would have went longer though if they could have adapted it to a shorter for- format. Because like I said, I I understand this doesn't feel like the time period because I grew up in the time period. Yeah, likewise. There, sure, there was things similar that were also getting in the weird, but this still doesn't feel like then.
1: Well, I mean, like, he did a few years later another action show, action ninety show, but was only, like, half an hour, and it didn't do great either. I think it was just... He did Jack of All Trades. That's the one I'm thinking yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I haven't seen Jack of All Trades. I've meant No, him too, I was but... reading
2: about it. It's like a time period piece, and it seems interesting. Like, the premise is very interesting, but once again, I was aware of it, but Never watched it and because I was a kid at the time. I was into other stuff.
1: It kind of struck me as similar to Briscoe County of like, you know, anachronistic things happening in a period action comedy. Um, I will say, I think the first episode, like the two parter feels too long to me. Yeah. But the other two, like I actually re- I really like that, like 45 minute time period for a an episode of a show.
0: I feel like I like it now, but. TV writing is different now. It certainly is. A lot different. I still, I don't know. They felt long to me.
1: See, I watch more Star Trek than anything else. So, <laughs> I, like, I can say so you, much.
2: <laughs> the one thing I did like in terms of that, how they broke the episodes up too, was by putting like parts in them, you know, yeah, and, I and, liked a, that. and like part adding, the first, part the yeah, like and then putting two. like puns in there, you know, and that was kind of. That was all intentional anyway.
0: Well, and it all kind of reminded me to the uh, – especially the first – because I think the ones in all the first episode, maybe through all the episodes, it all rhymed. Did they all rhyme? Yeah,
2: they were they – were, I don't know if they all rhymed, but I do know there was like jokes. Because that's like the first,
0: uh, the first season of Batman 66. Mm-hmm. All the episodes are two-parters, and when you put them together, they rhyme. Awesome. I wonder if this would
1: have been better if they did, like, as you said, shorter and then done two-parters, and you could have really kept the serial feel. The serial feel. feel. I don't think I would have liked them as much. I don't like – they're just harder to, like, binge that way than, like, one-and-done episodes. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah. –
0: huh. I don't know. I just like seeing young Bruce. I did too. <laughs> there was a moment one of my notes is, like, I think it's one
2: of the first times you actually see – Bruce Campbell, he's, like, very scruffy looking at the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he's about to be hung, and he's wearing right. the mustache, I think, or the maybe beard, I don't know. Yeah, he's
2: got, like, real scruffy 5 o'clock shadow. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, he kind of looks like present-day Matt Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. It, it kind of took me aback for a second. Kind of did. You know, and then, when, of course, he cleaned himself up. Was like, oh, there's the Bruce I know. <laughs> but uh, one thing I really, really really enjoyed really enjoyed was one of the side characters was um the guy pete he's a part of the gang Mm. uh he was the one that was very outspoken (laughs) he he had an opinion on a lot of stuff but the scene i liked uh was when the guy was painting you know Mm -hmm. the big boulder or whatever and he was giving his critique on it i was like this is like that would never happen (laughs) (laughs) but the, the guy's delivery and
1: I was the like, writing was
3: perfect. That's
2: what I'm right saying. That. Now, here's the interesting thing: the guy who was playing the painter mm-hmm. is actually one of the writers of the show, uh, Carlton, Carlton Cuse.
1: Oh, he's oh. like one of the main creators of the show,
2: right? And I was like, oh, because I was like, that was that was a good scene. I like, I actually really enjoyed their dialogue. It was kind of clever. Cuse
1: being like, I want this one. Just yeah, I, I need this one.
2: I was like, that's a really interesting scene that I was not anticipating in this show at all. Uh, it which lent some humor to it and gave these characters a little bit different depth, you know? They didn't just feel like throwaway characters, per se.
1: Yeah, it, it flushed them out right. a lot. Yeah, otherwise yeah. Otherwise it would have been extremely It gave them personality. Um,
2: but I really enjoyed his character. Like, he had some silly-ass lines and I liked them.
1: That is a thing I like in TV when uh, they do completely, like, out-of-sync, weird scenes where it's stuff that no one would ever say. Yeah. But they play it with such heart and realism that you're like, Oh, okay. Like I know I enjoyed it. You're a D and <laughs> character, it. but man, you're one that I play. Like
0: I really liked it. Uh, did you guys see the little bit of trivia about, uh, Dixie cousins song?
3: Uh-uh.
0: I, I read a little bit, but
2: I'm, I, I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: Uh, that song was originally written for, uh, Marilyn Monroe, uh, to be performed all the way back in 1954 for one of her parts. Nuts. And then it, it apparently never happened, but they still Warriors had it. held on to the mu- music. Wow.
1: And they gave it to Briscoe County Junior.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why not? Well, and especially why not for the Dixie Cousins character? Yeah. So, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs>
1: one thing I found kind of interesting, but like. Just just interesting was. uh Dixie Cousins, as I mentioned earlier, was so clearly like, I'm going to sleep with Briscoe County. And her boyfriend in that first part did not seem to care at all. Like, I super would have expected, like, oh, he's going to, like, the the person that's, uh he's hunting down is going to turn on him because he's jealous of the girlfriend. He's just like, no, you have fun. I'm going to turn on you for other reasons, but, like... <laughs> Whatever.
2: I know we talked about it just a little while ago with the, what they call themselves? Uh, the Foot gang or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was something that happened in there. I about lost my shit when I saw it because of how silly and how funny it was. When uh, Briscoe was getting attacked by those guys, he grabs a guy by his leg and uses it to kick another guy. <laughs> 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 I about lost my shit when that happened. Um, but then yeah, that's when we get uh James Hong. I was like that was pretty cool. Like it was a little silly with their fight on the the hot coals or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you learn like he's like, "Where'd you get that pistol?" And you learn like, "Yeah, he hand carved the pistol for his dad and what have you." So I was like that's there's some clever stuff introducing these characters and having some kind of significance to the story. Not just this weird little side shit going on.
1: Part of me kept expecting him to, like, when I first saw the pistol, I'm like, there's going to be a big moment with this pistol. Like, it's it's his dad's gun. He's not going to want to use it or something. But nope, he just... This is mine. Mine now. I've got complicated <laughs> feelings about my dad, but this yeah.
2: is cool. <laughs> i that. Yeah, thank you, Dad.
1: I was also expecting him to be much more, like, bent out of shape about his dad, but then anytime he... And he's, like, talking about his dad. He's just like, my dad, he was great. I was ready for him to die and whatever, but he was great.
0: I have a feeling that was probably just the kind of not the kind of show they were looking to make. Yeah, perhaps. I kind of think that that might have been the whole point of that scene was just kind of like, we're just moving past this. Like, we were, like, people are going to ask, like, didn't his father just die? Like, shouldn't he be grieving? So we're going to address it. Yeah. Here you go. Uh, Now we can move on. Exactly. No, yeah, I'm, I'm all life. in
1: favor of not having another show be about daddy issue angst. hmm. And I mean, it's still it's still interesting
0: enough that he's still very much having to live in his father's shadow. Mm-hmm.
1: I just was expecting him, I think, to be more uh, resentful. Right. Of it. And instead he's just like, yeah, that makes sense. You no, know, my dad was the shit. Saved my life a
0: couple times. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, got me out of a pinch. <laughs> it's like, I, I get it. But now I got he's dead. I got shit I got to go do.
2: I think how
1: Lord Bowler is introduced. There is a scene. He pops up uh, because he wants the job that Briscoe was just given. So he's like, meet me at this restaurant. Like, oh, yeah, he's the the one that leaves
2: the letter. That's right. And Mm -hmm. then when he
1: pops up and this is such a good way of like another uh, setting the tone and introducing you to who the hell Bowler (laughs) is. He puts down a stick of dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Lights it. And says whoever leaves the table first loses.
2: That was a really <laughs> good sequence. Uh, Briscoe, Bruce, <laughs> just like eating it, just eating the scenery and that shit, just uh, taking his time with the menu.
1: I mean, so is like, Bowler, yeah. who is just oh like yeah, no, no, growling at him the whole time. The whole like, three
2: at the table. I mean, specifically those two, of course. But I just liked it. I liked, I liked all of, everything about it because it's something that you've seen before. It's Something that could be played out and just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they gave it something a little different. They threw comedy in in it. Yeah, they, they still give you the tension mm-hmm. all the way up to the last little bit. They still have it out. Even his line when he gets thrown in jail, because he's like, I'll, 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 was it, he's like, I'll eat out or whatever. He's like, I guess I'm going to eat it in jail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was get take out. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so stuff like that. Like, it, the, the, I will say this, the writing in this is like, Really, really clever and really good.
1: What do you recommend the
2: minute steak.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, what? Briscoe and Boulder originally weren't supposed to, and, like, even in the second episode, they were becoming more friends. But that wasn't the original plan for the show. They were going to have them constantly, like, he was not going to be the bad guy, but he was going to be, like, the enemy rival guy. And really quickly, I mean, they're not partners in any of the three we see, but they've really quickly kind of, like, Oriented to at least frenemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like friendly point. rivals, good if point. nothing else. Which I like because it's uh you just get a much more enjoyable, I think, bowler than when he's like over the top, like, I'll kill you, Briscoe.
0: I like how realistic Bowler is about about his capabilities. He's like, dude, I'm just gonna wait for you. Yeah, he's, to get back on the trail, and then I'm going to follow your ass. <laughs> like,
1: I don't even know if that's his abilities as much as like <laughs> that seems like so much less work.
0: Well, also, <laughs> the, the other part of that is I do feel like the show does a good job of making Bowler not inferior to Briscoe, mm-hmm. just different. No, and he's just a little bit worse timing.
1: <laughs> he is very competent in his own way. Which is nice to see with the lone black character in a show to yeah. have them be like, "Oh no, you're he's actually real good."
2: No, he's clever. He's competent. He he does things, but you know by his own accord. But he usually finds himself in some some situations where you know he gets himself out of, or it it, it, it tends the to work US in his government's benefit.
1: willing to hire him to, yeah. catch a tank.
2: Like all right. <laughs> I wasn't anticipating that, but it makes sense the way that they set this up because the one, and I say this a lot, but there's a line that Bruce Campbell says as his character where he says, you know, he's looking for the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a actually a really interesting way of carrying this show with what they introduce with technology, rockets, and, you know, in this case with um, the tank and all that other stuff that they're throwing in. So they're keeping it meta. They're mm-hmm. keeping, you know, they're. With the sci-fi too All that stuff is You know
1: This takes place in 1893 Three. Mm-hmm. The first tank actually Does appear in like 1915 I think is Or By that point Tanks are a thing um, And so I was just Thinking about this While watching this Of like People being blown away By seeing a tank That would be blown away But it's not actually As far ahead as you would Think it is It's just Like Ten years so people years. would have actually right, right, right. been alive to like see that. I'm just trying to imagine that that moment where you're like going from horses yeah. to within a like two decades, cars being the dominant mode of mm-hmm. travel.
2: That's gotta be mind boggling if you think about it. And I mean, I guess short... it's
1: sort of like us and the internet, but Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because I remember the to- I remember when we first got internet oh, yeah. and like the world is wildly different. What I mean, what we're doing right here. A prime example, yeah.
0: One other cameo that we didn't mention, but I remember that we talked about earlier that I was just reminded of. The defendant, when...
1: Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When they go yeah,
0: up yeah. to the judge, and there's the guy before Briscoe mm-hmm. and Lord Bowler that Take gets 50 days. really quick, 60 days. 60 Everything was 60 days. Everything yeah. was 60 days. And it's super quick. Terry Funk, professional wrestler. Yeah, legendary wrestler. Would
1: not have known that. Good <laughs> yeah, job, I mean, guys.
2: I remember we talked about it, and when you see his credit as defendant, I'm like, I remember the scene, and then I rewound it, and I was like, oh, damn, if you're not paying attention, like, it's quick. Mm-hmm. It's really quick. But you're right, it's right before Bowler and Briscoe get their
1: sentencing. Yeah, like, Terry Funk. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> there he is. Danny had said something to me of, at one point, Bruce Campbell saying something about would have been willing to come back to Briscoe County jr. And I was like, well, you couldn't do that today. Cause you know, 30 years later, it'd be like 1920s. What do you do? Fight the mob. And then like me and my wife both like sat there for a moment and went, actually, yes. Like Pinkerton and stuff like <laughs> that. Yeah. Briscoe County jr. Versus the mafia, the like 2021 reboot that we didn't know that we needed. Yeah. Like, we, we play around with ideas like that a lot, so yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with that idea. The adventures um, of Briscoe County, the third, but really, what's important is that uh, Junior is still doing his thing. <laughs>
0: Junior's uh,
1: old man Batman, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> he's like training his like kid, or he's training Lord Bowler's kid. Oh. That'd go. be fun because, uh, mm. um, um. Actor name. Um, Julius Carey. Yeah, Julius Carey died away. in 2008,
2: yeah, I yeah, think like, it was. pancreatic like, cancer or something like that. that yeah, it's, it's
1: sad. But man, he was tremendous in this, his bowler. Well, show enough. show enough. <laughs> God, I was reading about it. He had apparently in college actually done like some studying and reading on black cowboys. So he oh. actually knew what life was like for a black cowboy. And he's like, I'm just going to do that as accurately as I can. And as we were saying earlier, I mean, he does it down to the coat that he's wearing. Right. Mm-hmm. right.
2: Yeah, they, they did a really good job of their research and the details they put in this and making it feel authentic and not out of place. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: There's a good chance I might end up watching the rest of this. Oh, the I'm going to watch
1: more when we get home tonight.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I went ahead and bought the first season <laughs> on DVD. Well, there's like, only
1: the one, so you're well, all set. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: But I I did, I was like, man, I, whether I do it now or in the future, like, I want to have this in my collection. I'm
1: actually thinking about buying it for my father-in-law for his birthday. Oh, I can say this. Because he loves westerns and Mm, he at least appreciates, like, sci-fi like Star Wars or whatever, so it won't completely shut him off.
2: Oh, you can, you can get a really nice, like, box set for 20 bucks. Yeah,
1: it's not expensive. Yeah,
2: no, it's pretty nice.
0: Arrow needs to get on
2: that shit. Yeah, you hear that arrow? I know you're listening. Hear
0: that arrow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> arrow,
2: Shout Factory too, if you want to get on that.
0: Ooh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, separate Seferi- companies. So yeah, okay. <laughs> they, yeah, the the sort of companies that tend to specialize in re-releases. Yeah, like with all these special
2: features mm-hmm. and cleaning things up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah,
0: cleaned. I wonder what they shot this on. Do you think they could make a I would imagine version? they
2: probably did fil- film this on on like literally film. Right. Yeah,
0: because it's early '90s. Everything right right, 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 right. So it? I would
2: imagine, yeah, this wasn't on v- like I mean, VHS this wasn't on di-
0: digital, obviously. No but... No, no, no,
2: but I would imagine it was on some kind of film. So it can probably be cleaned up, right? It was studio shot. Fox
1: has it. It would just be a matter of convincing Fox that, that it would the be... money's there. Yeah. Well, well, I'd not think... convincing Fox anymore. Convincing yeah. Disney that the money is there.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, as long as Bruce is still around and. <laughs> You know, there's interest in it.
1: Start a Whisper campaign. Yes, I'm okay
2: with that. Oh, yeah, coming up (laughs) on the 30th
0: anniversary. It's time to jump on board for that. That would be a
1: good time because they could advertise it that way. Yeah, see?
0: And he's
1: going to be in Multiverse of Madness.
0: Come on,
2: universe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm still not happy about the Disney monopoly that exists. I'm not either. But if it does bring a second Bruce Campbell renaissance. I'd love that. Then you know what?
0: I will deal with that. My name is Bruce 2. I'm cool with that.
1: Uh, Oh, I was going to say Bubba Nosferatu and the Vampire Women, but he left that project before they even gave up that project. Uh, And actually, we'll we'll talk about more next episode, but Ron Perlman almost replaced him on it. Wild. But. Wild. Listen to Fried Squirms if you want to hear about that one. Uh, Do we have anything more on Briscoe? Oh, 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 yes. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) We do. (laughs) I do, man. I love this show. Um, So. Just doing a little research I do, and man I like I get a little fanatical with notes and stuff like that. I was writing down timelines like when this aired, thinking about the network was on Fox at the time, and it had a Friday night time slot, right okay, so oh, was
1: it in the death slot,
2: yeah, yeah, so that was already, even though the first two episodes got like really good ratings, you know right out right out the gate, uh then of course it started. <laughs> taking the proverbial tank. Um, But what really stood out to me too was thinking about like how much I think X-Files kind of owes credit to this show because X-Files came out like almost right after this show was taken off at the time. And there were so many parallels of what was going on in the storytelling. I mean, of course, you know, there's more supernatural and all that other element Mm -hmm. to the X-Files. But there's some interesting things that there are some parallels with I feel like the way that stories are told, the writing, because that television style of writing is unique for that time period, mm-hmm. right? There, it, it doesn't stray too far, especially mainstream. So little stuff like that. And, and then we've already talked about all these different people coming into the show. But like I said, I just I, – I wasn't really anticipating it to be like really enjoyable. Like I love Bruce and all this other stuff. But everybody that was cast in the show, Denise Crosby – as the sheriff in the third episode. Um, like so the the sexual innuendos and all that <laughs> other stuff. Like, what wasn't Those were expecting so that?
0: Well done. Right. I'm still blown away. And Sorry. so
2: you you have all these little different story arcs going off too. So it keeps it even more interesting because it's not just following Briscoe and his adventures. You have all these other little side characters doing their things and they, they come back somehow. Which keeps it intriguing, you know. It keeps five cents
0: a ride adds up.
2: Yeah, it keeps <laughs> that's pretty funny. But <laughs> even little stuff like that, like uh the Comet, I know we haven't even touched upon that horse. Oh, Comet's the best. That was so funny. It's like, yeah, he doesn't know he's a horse.
1: <laughs> just play it complete straight from there too. Right. Uh the picky about the green apples and being like, No, I promise you red apples are just as good. Right. <laughs> right,
2: yeah. And and then Bowler doing his Mr. Ed stuff. <laughs> in there I thought that was good like all that little stuff all of that there's a charm to this show that man uh just unfortunately it didn't it didn't hit at that time period but you never know like you never know if this will ever come back around even if it doesn't at least it it exists mhm I, I
0: think the audience is there now
2: um, but I was thinking, I was like, now would be a great. I don't know time if you could show. pull
1: it off as like a direct sequel, but you no, could do no, no. like a spiritual sequel to.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, just mm-hmm. a reimagining or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like I said, I, I really enjoyed it for what it was worth. Um, just really fun. I want to see how it. I mean, I kind of read how it kind of finishes out. It never really. I mean, you only I've do a season. Never
1: finished the series, honestly. Like. I I powered through like most of it in like two days, yeah. Uh, and then I think I went camping and oh. had to return the DVDs. Like I
2: was like twenty seven episodes. That's actually a really good run for yeah. episodes that are mm-hmm. almost. I mean they're hour long episodes, mm-hmm. you know. So that's. Not bad. 27 hours plus And that's a little long
1: even for back then for how many yeah. episodes they would cram into a single season. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that's essentially two seasons for most shows now. If not, sometimes if not, three. three. Yeah. yeah, That's true.
1: I'm back and forth if I miss that or not. I, like, I kind of oh, like that man. more and more they're being like, just however many episodes you need it for a does, season. Like, we don't have to fit a quota.
2: I was going to say, it uh, makes it harder to bend shows when they're this long for one season. That's, that's a problem I had with X-Files. I love the show if you're
1: trying to binge all, like, 13 seasons, oh, you better have a lot of free time. Yeah, my wife and I have been Good binging God. 90s Star Trek, and, I mean, that's my favorite set of shows in existence, but, yeah. and that is a grind. 21 seasons of 24-episode yeah, seasons. Like, right. that is, is an yeah, investment. It's um, well, and, like, my one of my critiques of The Flash is it's always, like, three or four episodes too long that they've had to At just, least. like, pull it out. But other ones, like, no, why are you so short? Like, you should be (laughs) twice as long. So,
0: uh, (sighs) I mean, one of the great things of the move to streamers is a lot more of the streamers are just like, yo, tell your story. If that's six episodes, if that's 12 episodes,
1: if that's, you know, it'll probably be shorter still no matter what, but you'll have better funding
0: some like, of the episode lengths vary a lot more these days. Mhm. Hmm. There's a couple of points I do want to
2: bring up before I, I sign off on this. Um <laughs> there's there's a couple of gags that you use in this too. I don't know if you guys picked up on. I'm pretty sure there some of them are pretty obvious like the thumb hitching gag that he does like he's like stretching his thumb out and then the guy pulls over <laughs> in his his wagon <laughs> and he hitches the ride and he's like <laughs> Hey. I was like that's pretty funny. And there's a line, I don't know if you guys will pick it up cuz you guys were super young at the time when this happened. <laughs> but there's a line that happens and it's um it's in episode 3, Well, you know, the No Man's Land episode. And I had the line that its reference is, "Can't we all just get along?" I was like that is like super meta. Specifically for the time period for the, the LA riots. The, like mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that's what that, I was gonna say. I, I recognized that it was from a thing, but I couldn't place what the thing was. Is that Rodney King? Yeah, oh, yeah, Jesus.
2: yeah, it's like this. So, they're even for the time period, they were being hyper aware of the time, like Doctor, now the 90s. Dr. Quintana, Medicine Woman, that was another that one, one I caught. That was <laughs> so funny. That was a good one, uh, so. There was a, f- a few of those, and then another one that really, like, I probably shouldn't have laughed, but I thought was funny because of the delivery of the line. There's a part uh, where there's a little girl who's got, like, her teddy bear or whatever. hmm And
1: uh, I think, was it the tank that was coming through town or whatever it was? No, the the building was on fire, and he had to come, like, yeah, yeah, grab yeah. her before it blew up or something. Oh, right. right.
2: All right, so it was, like, right after that, just those two on camera, and look, the little girl's, like... Uh, I've got. To, I've got to go to the bathroom. He's like, I know what you mean. <laughs> you know?
1: Very charming. Just Briscoe. like,
2: yeah. I'm like, just little stuff like that. I'm like, man, this is so good. The deliveries.
1: That's one this thing I so liked great. about Briscoe, and they, he had a couple lines like that across this, where someone would tell him uh, some like, he'd be like, "What? You don't have this thing?" And they're like, "Oh, well, it really brings down bullet deaths." He's like, "I can't actually argue you on that." Like, he was very willing to. Yeah. Like, even You're scene, not wrong. <laughs> like. uh,
2: the thing I was like, wow, I can't believe they got away with that. Was uh, the, the scene where he and Dixie are rolling out of, you know, their cart, oh. and they're stuck in that position. She's like, "Let me get that for you." He's like, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs>
3: nope,
2: nope, we're good." Like, wow. Uh, he takes the guy's badge off. He's like, "You're stepping down," and he punches him. <laughs> Guy goes through the chute. So stuff like that. Like,
1: I like that one because they. Really uh, they called out at the moment too. Lord Buller being like, "That was really over the top. <laughs> that was a yeah. like, that that <laughs> that <laughs> man."
2: I was. I hate. I hate the fact that this show is so fucking good, and it only and survived no for that one. one th- has heard yeah, of it. it's just, it's sad. I feel bad, but once again, it, it's kind of his trajectory in a weird way, mm-hmm. you know. Even if it was popular, we would have probably missed out on all the other stuff that followed, you know. So it's just kind of weird how that kind of stuff works out.
1: When – last year we did a Red Dwarf episode – and it was one of those like most people don't know about this show. You should check it out. And someone told me afterwards that they were like, "Oh, God, I'm, I started watching Red Dwarf after like that episode. So I'm kind of hoping the same thing happens here. Yeah, yeah, so sure. I have more people to talk about this with. That
2: is so good. And I think <laughs> I think knowing our friends and people who have certain tastes and shows and whatever, this is going to be a uh, right up a lot of people's alleys. Mm-hmm. Like not just fluffing this show up like oh, I earnestly think that way. Mm-hmm. Took the words
0: out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do uh, we have
1: any last thoughts on
0: watch it? I yeah. was gonna say. <laughs> we always it with watch it, but do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. What of our what of our the what are our different recommendations for the week? I
1: can go first this time. Uh mine is a very specific Conan the Barbarian story. It is the only one that has ever written novel length. The original title is Hour of the Dragon, but it was rewritten by, I believe, Elsprog Camp as Conan the Destroyer. And if you can find Hour of the Dragon. Howard's words are better when someone else isn't being like, this is what he meant to say. Mm. Not that he was like a super deep. Um, It is a recommendation with a content warning for sure. Because there are some kind of racist bits that pull me right out of the story like the blacks and like that sentence never starts well <laughs> like
2: that is yeah when you preface it with the anything it's like oh like, here we go no Howard
1: please stop you were doing so good and it's it's really frustrating because like you ever hear like you know you feel a story in your blood that's how I feel this story like they're describing Conan's emotions and I'm like You know, listening to this while working in the dishroom. I mean, I totally wouldn't. Never mind. Um, (laughs) But, uh, and I'm just like, I am feeling this. Yes. I have the same emotion. And then they have that. And I'm like, oh my God. Ow, I'm out. Okay. uh, (laughs) Never mind. Not feeling that. We'll get back in, but give me a couple of paragraphs. (laughs) So, I mean, we talked about it in the Conan episode. He was kind of trying, but he was also kind of racist. And he also came from Texas in the 1930s. Like. says a lot. It is a. So this is a very good book. If that is a thing that's going to bother you, 100% this is not a good book for you. Not bother you, but like super – you know what I mean. We know.
2: Okay. So I'd already mentioned that I've been on like this big hip-hop kick lately. And with that being said, I've been really into this guy named Harry Mack. He's a freestyle rapper. Mm -hmm. And he he does this series called Amigle raps, if you want to call it that. I mean, that's what it's called. But it's it's interesting because when you see stuff like that, it's you can't tell if it's scripted or, you know what I mean? But watching them, and, and the thing that really gets me more so than anything is the positivity. Like, he really, he's there just to make people smile. And so what it does for me is like, i watch an episode. I'm like, okay, I'm in a good mood. I actually feel like doing stuff now, <laughs> you know? So it gets me through when I have to do a lot of homework like we did this week. So um, if people are in there, like, like I said, positivity, somebody who's like fucking crazy with freestyle lyrics, like everything's off the top of the dome, And it's because people are giving him the words and it's crazy. So uh, I really like that. And... Something that I watched recently because of a recommendation you gave me, Tyler, is Ted Lasso. I highly recommend Ted Lasso. <laughs> You're just all on so your good recommendations. Here. Oh man, I love it, dude. Like <laughs> so I, good. you know, it's it's easy. It really is because I feel like you know um, I've gone through my bouts of depression and all that, you know, and it puts you in a place where it's easy to just kind of like be swallowed up by that stuff. But
1: I think it's next for me after Briscoe is done.
2: Yeah, I mean, but all this stuff, I think there's this, you know, whatever you want to call it, but I think having, like, all this stuff line up, like, this positive, like, man, I was really excited about this show, and it's, like, maybe it's just, like, a part of what's happening with me right now, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's not intentional, it's just a part of that mm-hmm. kind of experience, so,
1: yeah. Well, I know this year I've definitely, anytime something, like, makes you feel good, I'm, like, that is worth its weight yeah. fucking gold.
2: Yeah, I just like it makes me smile. I Like that that feeling of giggling and smile, like it, it, you know, gives me a, a kind of a pep in my step, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, I don't mind the feeling.
0: Uh, and so, my recommendation is going to be Ash versus Evil Dead. Ah, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> uh, hell yeah. With him
1: staring at us like that, it would kind of have to be.
0: Um, if you guys, if if those out there listening aren't familiar with Evil Dead, this kind of wraps up the story. Oh man! Uh, in a way, time. you return to the character of Ash. And what, all you need to know for the beginning of it is that he's <laughs> kind of a fuck-up in life to oh, the point guys. where he has defeated the forces of darkness multiple times, including having traveled through time. And he still ends up <laughs> living in a trailer, trying to hit on younger women at his shitty retail job, and manages to fuck up and summon the forces of darkness so again.
1: It really is like the... Oh, he was a hero in the 90s, and... Never yeah. got like what those people would have been on some of those shows. It's uh amazing.
0: <laughs> it's... Um, But it turns out the one thing he's really good at is kicking evil's ass. Yeah. He does it the ash way. <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> it's fun because he's much closer to his army of darkness character in a lot of ways, but he's yeah. not yeah. actually called. Uh, they're not allowed to use the words army of darkness mm-hmm. because licensing rights were different. So he references some of the stuff that he did but in a kind of oblique way that doesn't mention <laughs> where you can find that plus i mean
0: chainsaw hand oh man come on how did i not mention he's got iconic That's the biggest iconic.
1: weakness of army of darkness is they took away the chainsaw and just gave him the like gauntlet mm-hmm. still cool though
0: also boomstick Oh, great. yeah.
1: I used to have that uh, memorized. <laughs> I could say that like pitch perfect. Uh,
2: I, I still like the way that they use the deadites in the series too. Like feels feels in place. Like mm-hmm. it's good. We've already mentioned some of the people that are on the show, Lucy Lawless and all that stuff, so.
1: If I remember right, did I actually have some decent jump scares too? Not yeah, like yeah. really over the top, but for as like a goofy a thing, right? As they it are, still they do a has good some good
0: like oh shit moments. Like, yeah. And the and the first episode was directed by Sam Raimi, so it feels straight up, exactly pitch perfect. I'm saying it dead. feels right at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so there we go. Ash vs. Evil Dead, my recommendation. Uh, Which also leads in really neatly into the fact say, that a tie-in. we're about to, <laughs> to go record. <laughs> we're about to go record uh mine and Danny's horror podcast. So you can listen to us continue talking. All three of us continue talking <laughs> over on that. That will come out later this week from when you're actually listening to this.
1: Uh Also, by this point, uh new violence has dropped at this point. Yes, yes. we have. So at least by the time this comes out, at least the first episode of Noob Island will be out. It is our one of Tyler and I's other podcasts where we are teaching a deep dive into the magic of the Marvel Universe. Uh, you can find it on Mondays. So really, just you know, b- back to us being weekly for you.
0: Yeah, opposite <laughs> opposite weekend or opposite Mondays of General Nerdery.
1: Uh, and. As of the time of recording this, we are just about to wrap up the first season, like airing the first season of uh, Word Balloons. God, I have so many podcasts that I keep forgetting what they're called. It's okay. It's okay. There's there's only going to be more. <laughs> there's too- <laughs> well, Listening to Magnus Archives today, I was like, I really need to do a fiction podcast. I'm like, with what time, Zachary? <laughs> with what time? Um... And, of course, you can come back and see us again in two weeks, where we will be covering Zack Snyder's Justice League.
0: Snyder Cut. Hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. I still can't
1: believe that, can't, <laughs> like that happened.
0: Hashtag Restore the Snyderverse, bitches. <laughs> For this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. I'm Danny.
1: Dismissed! Dismissed.
0: Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe, however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us, however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is around on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, Also, I mean, tell your friends. We always appreciate that. Uh, If you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments. Email us, generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. Uh, while you're there, check out all of our back catalog, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Ear Verm Podcast Network. Uh, go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, It might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.